Hello, and welcome to the 3H2Humans radio show. Each episode, Leonardo and Mustachio explore conscious communication, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? Sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings. Today is February 6th, 2018, here in Mid-California. Mid-Cal, as we say. (laughs) I'm feeling like a real pro on this special episode. I feel like a real pro because I have a microphone. For the first several years of recording, I used a iPhone, just a simple iPhone in voice memos, and that was it. Very simple, very easy. Now I have a microphone attached to my shirt and a bunch of cords and a little dongle thingy. (laughs) Oh, how times have changed since all of this began back in 2014. It's now 2018 and today's show is Season 3, Episode 6, 3H2 Creates a Radio Show. Mustachio and I will go over a 10 list for components of how we started a radio show here at 3H2 Humans. The 10 list outlines specific variables we experienced. So rather than a, this is how everyone needs to do it, everyone is an absolute, to imply that one thing works for every human is contrary to neurobiology, which leans a bit more towards an opposite perspective where each human is vastly different when examined on a neuronal level. These are our neurons. (laughs) The list includes tech components as well as consciousness components. What did we do mentally and physically in order to create a radio show? One of the motivations behind this show is a common belief that it's difficult to create a radio show. And it's challenging, I will admit that. But when compared to the 60s and the past, back when there were few media outlets, as opposed to now in 2018, each individual is potentially a media outlet. (laughs) It's very exciting to 
witness this massive change take place and only over the last couple decades. So for anyone out there who would like to create a radio show, this is how the sausage is made in the 3H2 laboratory. <laughs> that is coming up. We have a listener challenge number 38 Thoughtseed program, Thoughtseed TV show, three takeaways from the show, some Ray Dalio tidbits from his book Principles, and then we will move on to the content of the show. <laughs> the 10 list for creating a radio show, and that will be followed by announcements. Today's episode does not include a time warp from the past, but instead we've woven that into the listener challenge. The listener challenge for today, number 38, is record personal perspectives about life. For this week, dedicate at least five minutes a day to record one's own unique personal perspective about life. Explore topics of passion paired with critical thought. Focus thoughts towards questions as a means to better understand oneself. Ask, how are concepts defined on a personal rather than social level? This exercise creates a pink zone tangible object and boosts introspective capabilities. Be a 3H2 human and transform an idea into art. Recording personal perspectives has many benefits and the average person here in 2018 has access to a smartphone with some sort of recording device. Recording the human voice is much easier now than it has been in the past. Some highlights for recording a personal perspective about life. One of them is this week will include a critical thought exercise. This is one of the baskets in my brain <laughs> that I put recording a personal perspective. It's a critical thought exercise. I'm able to ingest, reflect, and modify the content of my thoughts. It creates a pink zone tangible object, the recording. It's pink zone tangible because it doesn't change with time and it doesn't require me asking a human to interpret what that thing is. That thing is stagnant. It is pink zone tangible. Many perspectives I thought were well articulated were not. <laughs> Listening to a recording from the past allowed me to introspect a bit towards my articulations. This morning, I had an aha moment, and it was a mixture of two things. In a past episode, 
I believe two ago, I had spoke about mashing a theory I'm currently investigating, which involves the conscious use of the word you with Amit Goswami's happiness scale. How do those two things fit together? The aha moment this morning was a bit different as it involved a theory I'm investigating, pink zone tangibility, with some information in Ray Dalio's book, Principles. In the past, I have recommended this book if anyone finds themselves out at a bookstore <laughs> and has not yet purchased the book, check out the following pages. One o eight through one eleven. Those are the pages I'm briefly going to discuss as related to pink zone tangibility. The section is called Returning the Boon. This concept, Returning the Boon, is new for me. That's one of the reasons why I like this book, Principles by Ray Dalio. Many of his thoughts parallel thoughts and questions I have. So it allows me to boost myself up a little bit. And this was a big boost. This theory of returning the boon. For those who have the book, check on page 110. There's an awesome picture. Another reason why this book is awesome. It has pictures. <laughs> I uh, learn well with pictures paired with text. The picture is of a hero's journey, the cycle that the hero's journey takes, and returning the boon is one of the final stages in the hero's journey. One of the thoughts I have when I read this section was how well Ray related to Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. So Dalio was able to step up on Campbell's theories and what Campbell had articulated, the returning of the boon, <laughs> which Joseph Campbell created. His boon was passed to Dalio, and now Dalio passes his boon on by explaining what the boon is. <laughs> it's very cool. There's many twists and turns similar to a succulent. One little pod grows next to another. Some are big, some are small, but they are all part of something. And this section brings a lot of those somethings together. So how does returning the boon relate to pink zone tangibility? And why do so few return the boon? It's a rare thing. I'm uh, not, uh, so here we go. I'm using negatives. I'm kind of mucking things up. What I mean by this is it's not very prevalent in my current life. Similar to those succulents and those swirls, with enhanced media capabilities and more boons being handed off, the boonness is getting boony. 
<laughs> my current perspective is there are only a few boons I pass and receive. An attempt to pass the boon is 3H2 humans. <laughs> and I'm learning one of the reasons why it's so difficult to pass a boon is because articulation of abstract thought is difficult. To think of each individual person and their unique neuronal connections, how can all of those processing systems interact with one template? That's an objective with passing a boon. Organizing knowledge that was gained into some sort of simplified format. Returning the boon. And this is my interpretation. <laughs> That's another reason why I encourage people to purchase Ray's book. I think it's important to contribute to systems that work well. And this book works well with what I believe education to be represented as. So if someone's willing to pay $350 for a behavior analysis university textbook that talks about rat studies from the 1970s, then go for it. <laughs> but if a person wants to learn something, check out principles and look at this returning the boon graphic on page 110. It resonated very deeply with me and answered many of my questions and encouraged me to produce this show today because I'm somewhere on that chart and I'm unsure of where. <laughs> My objective is to complete the cycle so I can relax and chill, even if it's just for a little bit. One of the gifts of returning the boon is conscious relaxation comfort within the present moment. That is pretty badass to be comfortable in the present moment with all the different realities and stimuli and past, present and future coming together and expanding and changing. It's a lot to process at one time. To be comfortable with being human, that's challenging. So, okay, well, a way that I can help myself be a bit more comfortable being human is producing this show. <laughs> oh, okay, Mustachio is saying moving along, so I will move it along. For those out there who hope to return the boon, who hope to pass on lessons learned in some pink zone tangible format, partake in this week's listener challenge. Perhaps it's the first listener challenge. It's okay. It's number 38. They're polished <laughs> and fun. So, uh, yeah, record personal perspectives about life each day this week. And it could be five minutes or a couple hours. 
I do encourage folks to do a little bit each day to spread it out and perhaps sample with different times of day. Maybe the morning is more ideal than the evening or vice versa. So play with this concept. See what it's like to voice personal perspectives and be recorded and be held accountable for what is being said. It's fun. <laughs> Okay, Thoughtseed program is Adobe Audition. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. Some of the highlights about this program are great customer service. Each time there's updates, there's a little box that asks how likely am I to recommend this, and then also comments. And I often comment in that little box about how awesome things are or a little grievance, <laughs> a little uh, complication I'm having with some sort of update that I don't understand how something works. And I record, I edit content because it needs to get done. <laughs> I enjoy editing, but that's not my strong suit. and. The vocabulary is abstract, which hinders an ability to learn. Sometimes I don't know what something is called and whatever I call that thing is different than what the program calls it. So there are complications sometimes, but with Adobe Audition, somehow seemingly non-local because I haven't spoken to a rep in person, which I'm joyed about, I don't have to call them. They solve the problems in a proactive manner. And one of them was with the play bar. I had difficulty with where the play bar was as I was editing. And I typed in the little box, the play bar thing moves when I want it to be still and whatever the problem was. And the next time I used the program, the settings thing popped up and I tinkered around with it and I was able to fix the problem I had just by a nudge to go to this spot and an intuitive interface. To me, this is a recipe for successful companies of the future. They're going to have proactive, intuitive customer service with nudges, ways that the program knows the error of the user. Programs are a lot smarter than people. <laughs> Much more reliable. <laughs> Thus, to have some sort of a smart program may be beneficial. Oi, customer service, I'm maxed out on that topic. <laughs> so I wanted to also highlight how well I feel Adobe does with their overall business model and the program itself. For people simply starting out with something, at least Adobe Edition's relatively easy to use. I imagine their other programs, they have something for nearly any creative function. If somebody has an Adobe application recommendation, 
please let me know. I want to explore some more of the apps and would like feedback on other ones that are intuitive and enjoyable, such as Adobe Audition. The Thoughtseed TV show is Bob's Burgers from 2011. I recently binge watched season one through season eight with season six, episode eight, as one of my favorite Bob's Burger episodes. So any people new to the Bob's Burger realm, this one may be a good place to start. <laughs> I like how this episode explores healing culture with humor and brushes over certain stereotypes. What those stereotypes look like on both sides. That's one of my favorite things about Bob's Burgers is it seems to present both sides of whatever the conflict is that the characters go through. It's well-rounded. I enjoy that, especially with the sprinkle of humor. So check out Bob's Burgers. It is on Fox. Uh, so there's streaming through the Fox app or through Amazon. I think it might be on Netflix. I've purchased the seasons. I'm a big stickler on avoiding commercials and pauses and breaks as much as possible. I prefer viewing to be consistent. So I use Amazon Prime <laughs> for that. Moving right along, three takeaways from the upcoming show are conscious communication, Adobe Audition, and record one year before airing an episode. There's a lot of information in today's show, as is most of these recordings. It's a densely packed sausage. We're talking about how the sausage is made. It's a, it's a big one. <laughs> but three takeaways from all the information we're about to go over is conscious communication, to communicate with conscious awareness. This simply means to be aware of what is being said, to hold oneself accountable for what is being said, and to speak with logic and compassion. Those are, <laughs> Those are elements of conscious communication. In Adobe Audition, I went over how much I enjoy the program. Coming up, I'll talk a little bit more about some of the specifics about editing in the program. And the third takeaway, to record one year before airing an episode. It seems many radio show hosts record some interviews and then play those interviews within a three-month period. And with that beginning, the speaker misses an opportunity to explain their work. So what is going on within their own unique neuronal connections? The way that we set up 3H2Humans was to record a year in advance 
to articulate with pink zone tangibility our thoughts and our processes and the good stuff, <laughs> that creamy filling. When I listen to a speaker, that's what I want, is that creamy filling. And when I say creamy filling, I'm talking about their uniqueness and what projects are being worked on now, rather than stories of the past or chit-chatting with someone. I want the content that's in the listener challenge. Number 38, record personal perspectives about life. So the 3H2Humans way of producing a radio show was to record a year in advance and have that first year to be about what we are, <laughs> who we are and what we're doing. And as well as me as a speaker, Leonardo, who is this Leonardo person? <laughs> <laughs> and how do these pieces fit together? It takes time and a year was fun. I got to experiment voicing my opinion during cultural events, holidays, many varied landscapes of the mind. So those are the three takeaways for the creamy filling. I am going to go through the 10 list and then explain the 10 list and then go through the 10 list again. So here we go. For the 10 list, how the sausage is made, 3H2Humans creates a radio show. Number one, tech stuff, programs and process. Number two, know which character is played. Number three, be flexible with format. Number four, voice personal theories with logic. Number five, apply critical thought to criticism. Six, follow morals before ethics. Seven, practice conscious communication. Eight, optimize recording area and mindset. 9. Edit audio files and listen to final show. And 10. Record one year before publishing. Okay, so these are the 10 variables Mustachio and I came up with as we brainstormed. What path did we walk in order to create this radio show? So number one, tech stuff, programs and process. Before I started a podcast, one of the most challenging aspects was knowing which programs to use and which programs speak well to each other and how to get those started. That was challenging. And with so many out there, it's difficult to choose. These are the programs I use and for the most part I am satisfied with the services provided. Am I ecstatic? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Except for with Adobe. <laughs> I'm ecstatic with them. So the list of 
software and items we use to produce the show, iPhone 7 to record voice memos, Sync iOS to transfer voice memos to PC, Adobe Audition, edit and produce audio files, Amazon S3, RSS feed, original source of audio file, WordPress website, challenging to navigate at times, HostGator to host RSS feed, iTunes, post show as podcast, Blueberry, statistics of show downloads. These are the programs <laughs> we use to produce a show. So there are quite a few, and this is the essentials. There are other programs, there are other funnels, the audio gets pushed through, but this is the easiest, most simplest form I was able to break it down. The vocabulary is a bit abstract. I do encourage people to look into what modern processes are when it's time to start a radio show and use these programs as a guide, as something to compare other programs to. Number two, know what character is being played. Life is like a Sid Meier's civilization character. And there is an advantage when character selection is conscious. So what I mean by this is in the game, Sid Meier's civilization, early level, there's scouts and warriors. Scouts can move across terrain more easily and thus explore with more efficiency. Warriors have less movement abilities but are much stronger and can fight and handle battles more easily. So these different characters are applied in different situations for optimization. That's what number two is about. Know which character is being played. As a journalist, as a radio show host, there are different roles. There's the funny, silly shows, the serious by the book shows, combinations. There's all kinds of different ways to host and produce a radio show. What we've done here is gave conscious awareness to what characters we're gonna play. What angles are we gonna go? What moves are we gonna take? How does what we're doing relate to the environment around us? That's really what character strategy boils down to. How does one's own traits relate to the environment? Is it optimized? Are the parameters ideal or could there be some shifting to optimize the moves taken? Number three, be flexible with format. Select a format, create a template, 
and apply critical thought. For number three, formats have been incredibly helpful for me. I tend to have many thoughts and many desires and sometimes I feel like an octopus with 1,000 tentacles instead of eight. <laughs> and one of the ways I narrow those tentacles down is with a template. There's a format, there's a listener challenge, two thought seeds, a 10 list and announcements. That's the current template. Listening to earlier shows, this has not always been the case. We have been flexible with our format. We're able to bend and shift and move as needed. So for number three, be flexible with format. Select an ideal format, play with that format a little bit. Think about all the elements desired within that format, then create a template. And when I say create a template, there's a basic structure for ours. At the top, I'll just have listener challenge and then thought seed and it's blank, thought seed blank, and then 10 list and it's blank. So that's a template. It shows me the basic format and then I plug in the changing pieces. Yes, Mustachio points out a template is a stagnant form of the non-changing components. So those things don't need to be recreated each time. It saves mental energy to not have to think of all that stuff and physical energy to have the template pre-existing. Number four, voice personal theories with logic. Assess validity of self and peers. Obtain a press pass and media abilities. So with voicing personal theories with logic, this takes time, energy, and effort. Another reason why we talk about having a year to really learn how to articulate one's thoughts is ideal because it takes time. Back in 2014, I talked about that year being my form of validity, that I was able to show myself, I was able to articulate and be patient and do the things needed in order to record a year in advance. That takes a lot of discipline. And if I was able to do that and be successful, then I had earned a right to create a radio show. And that was all in my head. And we've spoken before about there is no lack of a right to speak and articulate. There's no criteria to produce a radio show. This is how we decided to go about things. Obtain a press pass. Ooh, what an adventure that was. Uh, I learned a lot that there's basically two types of press passes. There's generic ones that are essentially meaningless. <laughs> Something a person could just create at home. Uh, and then there's specific ones. So a generic one can be flashed at an event. And oftentimes there's minimum wage workers that don't really put their heart and soul into checking credentials and a flash of a press pass 
will get a person in. In contrast to that, there are specific passes for events where people need to know someone. There's got to be some in to get a press pass for that event. And um, yeah, press passes are becoming less relevant because each individual is becoming a media source. In the way back when, as displayed in Good Girls Revolt, the 3H2 Humans most enjoyed new show of 2016, it was difficult to produce media and to get the inside and all of those things. It blows my mind. So explore this. See what is it like to obtain a press pass today and how does that process compare to 40 years ago? Number five, apply critical thought to criticism. Learn from blind spots. Learn through comparison. What is being measured? Learn from blind spots. One of the reasons why I enjoy criticism, it reveals blind spots. It lets me see some angle, which I hadn't seen before. Criticism is similar to rear view mirrors on a car. There's something there. It's difficult to see because the driver or the individual is looking forward, whereas the criticism is a reflection of the opposite direction. So imagine it as negative stimuli. It's something in a different direction. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. We've talked before, there really is no good or bad or right or wrong. So criticism can often be beautiful. Um, <laughs> I have learned more from people who want to cut me down and hurt me and criticize me from the people who just want to tell me good job. I would much rather somebody voice their true honest feelings than just simply tell me good job. Good job is useless. <laughs> They might as well say snurfle snurfles. Uh, <laughs> but good old fashioned criticism from someone's heart and soul, there can be a lot learned from that. And it ties back into that old saying, keep friends close and enemies closer. It's often an enemy who's gonna speak the truth before a friend. Some of the criticisms I received were about the trinkets on the website and how confusing what I say is and all these things. And I take them into account and I ingest, reflect and modify what that criticism is and figure out what to do from there. Individuals get to choose whether or not criticism can be beneficial or hurtful. That's a choice. I choose for it to be beneficial. Sometimes I get a little frustrated, but for the most part, I'm able to have a good laugh and be happy to engage in someone else's perspective. That's what criticism is. 
positive or negative criticism is simply another person's perspective. Number six, follow morals before ethics. Minimize Google mindset, internalize before conforming. Each person is unique. So number six, following morals before ethics. Morals are one's own individual codes of conduct, whereas ethics are a group's codes of conduct. What we did while producing this show was paid attention to our morals before our ethics. When approached with new stimuli, I like to first ask, how does this fit in with my individual beliefs? And then once critical thought takes place, ingest, reflect, and modify, I think, how does this particular stimuli fit in with a group? And how do those fit together? Sometimes I'll bend and flex and I'll go with ethics before morals. Minimize a Google mindset. What does this mean? This is another topic we have discussed in past episodes. It's where beliefs are Googled. If a person is asked a question and they look at their phone for the answer, that's a Google mindset. Number six is about creating one's own mindset. If a question is asked, first ingest what that question is and then reflect. How does this question fit with me and my morals and what I believe to be true, and then modify the concept. And when I say modify, I'm referring to the modification of neuronal connections in the brain. The brain has been modified. Now with this new brain, which has taken one's own morals and ideas into account, how does this apply to the group, to the ethics? That's when Google comes in. That's when it's beneficial to expand one's own thinking after one's own thinking is established. That's something we do here at 3H2. To live this way is frustrating (laughs) because I've found many of my morals do not fit in with group ethics and I have complications sometimes, but I'd rather have complications than be numb or blindly conform. To me, that's the alternative. Either apply critical thought and explore how something fits in with my morals or go down a path of following the herd. And those paths wind and twist together. It's just a matter of what's appropriate for that time. Number seven, practice communication. Practice articulation of personal perspective 
recognize shared reality. To create a radio show has dramatically increased my ability to speak. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Much of my work is spent alone and in a manner where speech is not necessary. Then when I leave the 3H2 laboratory, I must venture out into the world where speech is necessary. And in order to return the boon and to relate to people, I have found conscious communication to be a huge ally on this journey. And the key word practice, the whole process of having unique thought recorded and then analyzed. That's one of the steps is to analyze pink zone tangible information about oneself. Few people do that. <laughs> it's something I've been doing for years with reflection writing, but it's new for me to do it in an audio format. So I do understand the awkwardness uh, as well as speech impediments. When I first started, I had more of a lisp and there were certain nuances in my voice that I have since consciously removed. Once I became aware of these things, I was able to fix them. As I became more able to understand myself, I became more able to understand others and how to exist within a shared reality. That's another large component of conscious communication is communicating within a shared reality where each person understands each other. Not necessarily agrees, but at least understands. Number eight, optimize recording area and mindset. Balance show with daily needs. Care for pets, silence machines. This is a big one, number eight. Optimize recording area and mindset. Balance show with daily needs. This is a tough one. To balance the show with daily needs was a challenge for me. In the last episode, season three, episode five, I talk a little bit about that, where I had put an abundant amount of time into the show and my creative projects and let aspects of my housekeeping and basic needs fall into the distant. And it's okay to do that for periods of time. Many times, I'll do one or the other. I'll spend the majority of a couple days worth of energy on either creative projects or home life and basic need fulfillment. The objective with number eight is to optimize the mind and environment. This is another reason why that first year is beneficial. It's a year of experimentation. What is an ideal recording environment, an ideal mindset to record? I've tested many ways, 
night, evening, before working out, after working out, with people, by myself, with the dog home, with the dog away. It's an individual thing and it changes even within myself. Something I need today, I may not need tomorrow. Two things I'm conscious of before I record are to care for the pets. And by pets, I mean Yeti and Brian. (laughs) Be sure their basic needs are taken care of so I can have some me time. And I turn the furnace off, I close the windows, I close the blinds, put on a Luminara battery candle, get some water, mustachio gets all comfortable, dim the lights. There's a whole process I go through before recording. And it's different than it was in 2014, and it's likely to be different in 2020. So I shall bend and flex with the times. Number nine, edit audio files and listen to final show. Edit and record in one hour blocks. Learn from and prevent errors. Date in file name. Okay, so Editing and recording in one hour blocks. This is a newer habit I've done. In the past, it was just kind of willy nilly. However long something took me was how long it took me. And I felt overwhelmed. I felt as though I was taking too big of a chew, of a bite out of something. This thing I was creating, it was too much at one time. So one hour blocks seem to work well. Speak for an hour and also edit for an hour. Oftentimes I'm able to edit about 15 minutes of recorded content in an hour. So it's a 15 minute to hour ratio for me. Each person's going to be different and the editing times change for me, but that's kind of a goal. So as a means to keep me grounded, <laughs> And uh, with the content, the hour blocks, learn from and prevent errors in editing my own voice and my own content. I'm able to really analyze myself and listen to my nuances, play them over, figure out why they happened, what information is surrounding those nuances and how can I avoid it in the future? Many things go through my mind as I edit. A synchronistic element of editing my own content is when I physically remove some voice tick or word that I say as my mouth is catching up to my brain. I physically remove them and then the next time I speak, they're less prevalent. It's a a weird synchronistic symbiotic relationship between matter and consciousness. Very cool. I recommend this for anyone who wants to be a conscious speaker. 
Um, that's another beautiful aspect of this process. It's relatively cheap and it doesn't require an outside person. This is all an internal exercise for one year. Much of what is taught by other people can be discovered if the individual looks in the same place. Kind of like that whole, the bill is $205, the hammer costs $5, knowing where to tap costs $200. This process teaches knowing where to tap within oneself. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> It's a booster to learn from and prevent articulation errors. Also, I put the date in the file name. I like to organize information by date, as well as keep track of edits and changes. This seems to be an ideal way to do that. As the documents change, I have a past version in case there's something I need to check in on or fix or compare, whatever it may be. When the files are saved by date, it increases the range and pink zone tangible phases of that document. So I do put the date in each file. And number 10, record one year before content is published. It's a patience exercise. It's also a time machine to visit the past self as well as improve future self. So that's kind of cool. It's the present self looking into the past self in order to improve the future self. <laughs> So all three, past, present, and future, come together when there is a pink zone tangible recording of individual thoughts over a year. And a year sounds like a long time, but uh, it's a good full study. If it were just a month or a week or six months, mm, that's a short time and it doesn't include all of the seasons. There's many variables which are left out. A good solid year has revealed many thought seeds for me and Mustachio. All right, that is the 10 list for how the sausage is made. 3H2Humans creates a radio show. To go through the list one more time, number one, tech stuff, programs and process. Number two, know which character is being played. Number three, be flexible with format. Number four, voice personal theories with logic. Number five, apply critical thought to criticism. Number six, Follow morals before ethics. Number seven, practice conscious communication. Number eight, 
Optimize recording area and mindset. Number nine, edit audio files and listen to final show. Number 10, record one year before publishing. All right, that is the 10 list. And uh, creating a radio show has been an enjoyable experience. And we hope this episode gives a little bit of a boost to people out there who too desire to create a radio show. All right, Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humbled perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy.